if you're a vampire, I'm looking for you. And if you're not, don't mess with me. I'll drop my hammer on you. I want to say a word of thanks to um, Pastor Jeff, who has worked so hard to put these three weeks together and um, has done such a great job. The, um, I never heard Barry preach better. I never heard Craig preach better. And the, the stuff around those sermons has been uh, everything that we were hoping that it would be. And uh, I want to thank all of you uh, who have worked so hard for that. Today we're going to take a look at where we're headed, what's next, and from this perspective, I want you to hear a word from the Lord. Ephesians 3.20 is a piece of a prayer that Paul is praying, and he has gotten now to the benediction, and he is speaking the blessing, and he, he continues this, his prayer saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The Holy Spirit spoke to me several different times over the last few months about what he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives in this place we have tried to move with the Lord in the uh, relocation here in what we have done as far as the uh, various emphases from time to time we have given it our best shot and in the process of this the Lord has worked some great things in our in our lives individually and also, in the process of this, we have been horribly attacked or seriously attacked by the enemy, and a lot of lives have just crashed. Some of them have crashed and burned, and it's, it's been a tough thing, and I've, you know, I've cried to the Lord about this, what's going on, and so forth. And in the process of looking at all of this, let me tell you what the Lord has said. He said He is going to increase the strength of our ministry to each other here, especially to the preteens and the teens. And by the way, we welcome the uh, preteens. If, if, uh, <laughs> if you fall into that, it's so great to have our families together, and we're going to do some stuff together later as, as families. The Lord said he was going to increase the power in this place to heal broken minds, broken bodies, marriages, budgets, interpersonal relationships, and so forth. And he said he was going to increase the ministry through each individual to actually make functional our motto, which is every member a minister. 
when, when the Lord began to say this to me, and he said it in several different ways and confirmed it coming and going, my expectation really began to rise because I know what God's will is for his church. I know what God's will is for your Christian witness, for your budget, for your marriage, for your parent-child or, or your sibling, uh, inner-sibling relationships. I know what his will is. And as the Lord began to speak to me about this, it came down most clearly in Isaiah 54, the first three verses, which read, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Now, that, that speaks to our hearts about personal ministry. We understand that we were not just saved so we wouldn't have to go to hell. We understand that this is not about us just having a cushy life here, that we were saved to do good works, and we want to do those. And so we say, well, what, what, what? And get frustrated because we don't see ourselves making a great deal of difference and so forth. Let me tell you, the Lord has heard every cry. He has heard every groan, every longing of your heart to be a part of the team that changes lives all over the place. He has heard that. He takes you seriously. The next verse says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Now, we're going to talk in just a minute about where we put these stakes. This is not for the heart of the vampire, okay? But it is at the heart of the message that the Lord has for this body. And enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Spread out to the right, to the left, is what the Lord is saying. So, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about this expansion? When I started talking about this, what began to burn in your mind? If you don't have a job... It's hard to get away from that. That's probably what's burning. If your marriage is in trouble, that's probably what's burning. If you, are, if you are facing a really negative medical report, it's hard to get away from those things. That, but some of us are sort of in between all of that. And I want you, as well as these who have no trouble, saying, I know where I need to extend this cord and, and plant that stake. I know where I need to go. If you, don't, if you don't have that very clearly, you keep your heart open because the Lord is going to speak to you. I just want it to burn in your heart because 
we are going to step into a new area of ministry, of healing, of whatever it is. Let me just, let me just um, name off some of the things that seemed to come to me as I was trying to distill this burn in my heart down to some points. Some of you have a faith problem. And you, you believe in God and you, you're... But there's a spot in there where it's like, man... I don't, I don't know how to get my faith. The pastor acts like you don't have to worry about it. It's all settled. Just, just believe God. And, and I don't have that confidence. If that's where you are, I just want you to know that it's not an intellectual deal. There are intellectual approaches to this that are really, really wonderful. But the final thing is what is God saying? And when God speaks to your heart and touches your life, the faith issue sort of gets settled on that particular point. And I want you to know, if it is, if it is struggling to believe the promises of God, and that's one way to kind of say what the function of the church is, believe his promises and act on them. Now, I don't want to oversimplify, but, but that'll work quite a ways down the road. If you're struggling with that faith thing and it's like, you know, I would give a whole bunch to have the confidence that you act like you have, preacher. I would really like to be there. In a little while, I'm going to invite you to come and get a stake and we're going to go outdoors and we're going to drive these stakes in the ground and there are some pins near them and you can put on that whatever it stands for. You don't have to put your name on it. But I want you to take that stake and I want you to drive it. And I want you to make a faith statement. And you say, how can I believe that God's going to do that if I don't believe God does everything that you say he says? That you say he does. Take a step of faith. You got to start somewhere. Okay. There are, there are some of you who who have a problem, the point of personal holiness. As I, was, as I was writing this list, so many things came to mind. One of the things that they say that is just widespread in U.S., uh, actually Western males, is Internet porn. Maybe that's an issue in your life. Maybe... That, that is the last thing that you would ever think about, but there is, there is something else. Maybe it's an anger problem. Maybe it's a forgiveness problem. You know, if you're not forgiving, your sins are not forgiven, you don't believe that because you've still got that grudge. And if you die, you expect to go to heaven. I don't know whether you're going to heaven or not. Your sins are not forgiven because Jesus said they weren't. Every day of the world, I say, oh, God, don't let me get by with any sin, especially the sin of unforgiveness. So I don't know what this point of personal holiness is. But I want you to take a stake and a pen, and I want you to put some word on this, on this stake that would stand for what you're talking about, and I want you to 
put it in the ground and I want you to make a place it says this is where we stand I am lengthening my stake of my expectation and God is going to help me perhaps it's your marriage I want to just get really really clear marriage is destroyed by selfishness either party in the marriage can just sort of sell themselves to do their thing get to worrying about their happiness and all of the stuff that I want blah 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 it just goes on ad nauseum I think I'm supposed to say ad infinitum ad nauseum if you are going to live selfishly you cannot be successfully married if you want a good marriage you have to bring 100% of yourself and pour it out for your marriage partner and the other marriage your partner has to do the same thing and when that happens you're not going to have anything but fun the stresses will come and you'll just deal with them because it's lay down your life and when both parties in the marriage do that there is not any limit to what God will do to bless that marriage you say well I, I thought it was about I mean I'm supposed to be happy <clears throat> yeah I don't remember who told you that but I know you've heard that a lot it's about number one and if you're number one you're not ever 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 going to be married happily and you can trust me on that one you say that's a little somber preacher what I'd like to do is to take you and say let's put 100% commitment to Jesus and the others he puts in my life or something like that on there put that on there and stick this thing in the ground way out far much farther maybe you've only, maybe you've given seriously and you got clear up to 30% of yourself I don't know maybe you got clear up to 50% of yourself I don't know but let's go for the whole deal so that our marriages can be what they ought to be somebody say amen the next thing that I have to look at here is uh, I got these out of order so it's gonna be it's gonna be real hard on the people running the slides but this is about money jobs budgets and there is so much um, of this pressure today because people continue to lose their jobs or keep the job and just take a percentage of of their salary before just cut some of them up to 50% I've right here in this congregation and that hurts I don't know how people do that that's that's when an, a year later after they've scraped and and done all they can a, a year later you expect them to lose their house or something because it's you, you can't take 50% of most salaries and operate a family it doesn't work and if that's where you are somewhere in that whether it's needing a job whether it's needing a better job whether it's hating your job the, the, the pay may be adequate but boy you dread to go to work I, I hate that for you 
I, do, I hate it that you wake up and say, oh, man. And you have to go back to that same place and you hate it there. God is, is a God of the provision that we need. By the way, jobs are not our source. And you may be able to figure this out on your own, but let me advise you that Washington is not our source. They don't have any money. They have printing presses. And they have your social security number. So if we don't have God, we're in real trouble here. But you can take this thing and say, God, I'm going to trust you and put this in the ground. Let me tell you something. If you're flat broke, the quick way out of financial trouble is to tithe. If you've been tithing, just hold steady, keep it, whatever. If you, if you get a dollar, make sure the Lord gets his dime out of that deal. Just hold steady because it's just a matter of time. You will come out with your needs met. If you're not tithing, do it. it you're going to sink anyway. This would only make you sink 10% sooner. So this, I mean, what's 10%? Do it. Amen. We say we believe the word of God, but when it comes time to write that check, it's just like we just, ugh, just won't work. Bring that up here. I can heal that hand. God is going to bless us. He is going to do that. In our interpersonal relationships, whether it's in the house, parent-child, in, uh, inner sibling, whether it's across the fence in the neighborhood, uh, the larger family, wherever you're struggling with, with interpersonal relationship problems, God wants you to take a stand. And the stand will start with giving 100% of yourself to him so that then you have that foundation to give 100% of yourself to these people that are your enemies? Can the people of God have enemies? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, they killed Jesus, so I guess there's a precedent there for enemies. So what did he do about them? Well, you heard him, he says... Man, you just wait till I rise from the dead. You're dead. No. He took that stake. And we, you know, Peter says, how many times shall I forgive my brother? And the, and the going thing among the rabbis of Jesus' day was three times. Shall I do it seven times in a day? And, and Peter thought, man, I'm doubling this and more. I like his... I like his direction, but Jesus wasn't worried about how much. He was worried about the heart. And the heart is, you can't do anything that I can't forgive. You know that's good preaching. It'll get you out of a lot of scrapes. It'll get you to sleep a lot sooner at night. It'll make your health better. Jesus took that stake and went all the way over here when they were crucifying him. And he says, Father, forgive them. 
He'd already forgiven them. He was working on his father now. He was doing intercessory prayer. Is that amazing? Is this something you say, I can't do that? I agree. I've heard myself dozens of times, probably hundreds of times, say, now, Father, I say I forgive, but you know me. And then I have this faith thing that I do. I say, you better come and make it happen because I'm not going to hold this against them, and I don't know what to do. You look at my heart. I'm not going to do this. I can't do this, but I can't forgive. And so he just takes me by the hand, walks me right on over here, and we put that stake down a little bit further than it was before. Because you see, what he requires of us, he has to make it possible for us to do it, or it will never happen. You need to get that in you. That will make a difference. Now, as a congregation, we are extending our stakes. We have, have this wonderful opportunity to win people to Jesus that are going to go to hell. We are, we are established in the right place he has been building the team you wonder why am i at this church i don't like that guy's preaching i don't like the music i don't like anything you're supposed to be part of the team honey to come and and be a part of what god is doing here he's already doing it but it's only started and he is going to pick up the speed and we are going to be able to reach people that no one else is reaching. That's what we're about. This is not out here on this hilltop to be a, a fun club. God deliver us from a club. Now, if you think I'm criticizing life groups, quite the opposite. Those life groups are great places to go and lay your life down to bless someone else. And you have come into a place in this community, in the community of God, to lay your life down so that people can have their little children ministered to and their hearts can be open, have their teens ministered to. We've got, we've got incredible stuff going on in these areas of our ministry. I, I look at these guys, and you all are not the same ones that you used to be. You look the same, but you don't act the same, and your hearts are not the same. And I can tell I'm not as dumb as I look. God's got his hand on us, and he's changing this. And we are here to do that. I don't know how long we have as a church. But God is causing us to extend our stakes. Now, I want you to visit with me for one moment this. Uh, a little over a year ago, we, we mounted a campaign to, to help us make a commitment to build a building. The building was to aid us in the reaching of these people that the Lord has raised us up to reach. And we owe everyone everywhere. We are debtors to everyone. We are not in any way exclusive. But God has not equipped us to reach well everyone. We are equipped to reach certain ones, and that's where we're going to expend our energy. Let me say it again. If somebody needs Jesus, we owe them, okay? Don't hold back. But 
we are not well equipped to do everyone there are churches that make that boast and they just love it and I'm glad for them because they're reaching people that we don't know what to do with when we get them but God but God has us on a mission and we're gonna do it we are doing it and we're going to do it continually now some of you didn't didn't get the vision of the new building the new building is to aid us in a number of ministries it's sort of focused on the on the children on the preteens but it, it's going to help us in every area and if you didn't get the message I want you to open your heart and say Lord do you want me to jump on this and if so you can pick up a an imagine campaign packet at the information center or you can just give money we, we don't have to have a card from you we need the cash to build the building and we if we have to borrow money when we get through with it then we're gonna have to have cash to make the payments so you can just jump on it there and that's one place you can take this stake and and just write on it you don't have to put your name just put imagine dash and, and the money that you want to give in the next uh, two or three years whatever the Lord puts on your heart you hear me talk about what the Lord puts on your heart a lot you know why I do that because he's trustworthy and he is going to guide us where we need to be and this day some of you who have who are ill God is going to heal we, we are in a we're in a battle and, and one of our members had of it something that went wrong in her body I'd never heard of it but it was awfully painful this happened I guess three weeks ago or something so she finally got into the surgical process had to do with her um, female organs and an ovary was twisted they did their laparoscopic thing lifted her uterus and that ovary went thunk, 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 and that was the surgery now we had said God would you please do such a work that the doctor will say this is too easy and I was there when the doctor came out with these pictures and the doctor didn't say this was too easy but every other word that I wanted to hear they said because it was just like I just did this thunk, 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 it's done and so we watched it for 20 minutes to make sure the blood circulation was getting back into that ovary and that was it. it was done a few nights ago Dave North didn't understand what Debbie said and out of that got a nosebleed <laughs> that's only partly true the last part is true serious nosebleed and so they, he's bleeding down and they until I, you lost consciousness and um, you have to lose about 40% of your blood they say before you pass out so they take him into the ER and many of you were praying for him um, so we I, and it just so happened that the surgeon who had worked on him a few weeks ago he'd had, he'd had uh, some work on his sinuses surgically 
that doctor was in the building, came right over, and when I got back to the room, I didn't get to, I didn't get to speak to Dave. I did speak to Dave, and I seemed like he grunted or something. I don't remember, but I mean, the doctor was in his face working, you know, and sticking this thing not quite that long uh, <laughs> into his nose and, and trying to get everything cleaned out and cauterized and packed. And so today I asked Dave, because I just, I just knew that they had, uh, did they transfuse you? And the real question was, how many units did you get? That's what was in my mind. He said, they didn't give me any blood. He said, they tested my blood, and they said, boy, you must have had an extra supply of this stuff. Hallelujah. Because you have been praying and interceding and looking to God and crying to him for his help, the stakes are being extended and God is going to take us forward take us forward one word to you who are not walking with the Lord there are greater things for these individuals and there are greater things for this congregation that are coming but let me tell you if you're not walking with Jesus there are greater things for you that are beyond my descriptive powers God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son for you that whoever believes in him, including you, will not perish, but have eternal life. God bless you.